Hey guys, welcome back to the Silent Sales Machine Radio Podcast. I'm your host for this episode, Ryan Rieger. Today, we're chatting with my friend, Adam Wilson. He's a member of our Amazon Legends group. He lives in New York City, and he talks about having to pivot and change his whole business model because of a move from Maryland to New York City because of his wife's job. Sometimes in business, things don't go exactly as you want them to. You have to make changes uh, because of the environment, because of just whatever reason. As entrepreneurs, you gotta be scrappy sometimes. And Adam talks about having to make that change. He also talks about uh, some of his other ways that he makes money online, some of his other platforms that he sells on. And that's super fascinating to see some of the other thing, other ways he's selling his same exact products, but bringing in a decent amount of money from these other platforms uh, fairly effortlessly. So I know you'll enjoy this episode. He's got an awesome story about meeting Jim uh, Cochran back in 2018 at the Proven Conference in Indianapolis. is very touching. Uh, that's very uh, inspirational. And here is my interview with Adam. Adam, welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Appreciate it, man. How are you today? Yeah, I'm doing great. Uh, thank you so much for having me. It's uh, you know it's an honor to be here, Ryan, on uh, Jim's podcast. So looking forward yeah. to it. Awesome. It's a, it's an honor to be able to do some of these guest hosting. It's a lot of fun. I get to talk to a lot of fun people and uh, appreciate you taking the time to do this. So tell me about Adam and your business and what that looks like. I know that uh, you've had to make some pivots recently over the last few years. And so I want to dig, got a lot of business lessons there that we can dig into, but how'd you get started doing all this? Yeah. I mean, I have had to, you know, go through some changes business-wise over the, over the years. So you know, for everyone listening, it's it's not necessarily a straight shot from learning the business and then taking off and right. making a hundred k, hundred thousand a month or something right. like that. Um, there there are fits and starts and drop offs and yeah, I started doing a online business. I want to say 2015 is when I uh, really looked into it. I was um, a stay at home dad. Uh, my wife is doing phenomenal career wise. She was at um, the National Security Agency at the time. Yeah. So we were living in Maryland, uh, suburban Maryland, and I was just, uh, you know, the kids had gotten old enough. They're 16 and 14 now. So mm-hmm. I was looking for just a way to, you know, run my own business. I'd always been kind of entrepreneurial. I'm very libertarian politically. So I wanted yeah. to like prove, you know, my <laughs> capitalist yeah. bona fides. Right. Um, and the the first two businesses that um, kind of caught my eye, I, I paid like, I don't know, 15 bucks for an online course on Udemy uh-huh. or something. One was buying and reselling gift cards and the other okay. was drop shipping on eBay. Yeah. And uh, they were both fascinating businesses to get into. And they actually did lead me eventually to Amazon in the pack. I would say neither one of those, definitely the gift card buying and reselling that that can't scale as an individual. I know. Because you had to go, of, I remember you were talking about this in the Legends group. You said you had to go post that you, were buy, you would buy them and you'd go meet somebody in person and hand them cash. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I was like, there's no way this is going to work. Because um, <laughs> he's like, post on Craigslist the, uh-huh. the, for this course. Post on Craigslist, post an ad that you're willing to buy gift cards for cash. Okay. And he tells you like how much, he tells you offer like 50% of the face value. So like, wow. If someone shows up with a $100 Target gift card, you're like, I gave you 50 bucks for it. And they're like, okay. Nice. <laughs> so yeah, I got four calls the first day after I put wow. the ad on Craigslist. <laughs> but yeah, you got to run, you're, you're running all over town, uh-huh. carrying significant amounts of cash. Um, <laughs> then you, you know, you ship them into raise.com or uh-huh. cart cash, you know, all the companies 
that I'm sure some of the sellers are familiar with to get a sure. discounted gift cards. Or you could even do that for our, like if you still wanted to do that, I mean, you could still do that. You could do that to uh, get cheap inventory or cheaper inventory for your Amazon. Actually, as, as I pivoted, depending on what the card was, uh-huh. yeah, if I bought, you know, a Kohl's gift card at 50%, I'm like, I could sell this to raise and get 80% or I could take it to Kohl's and <laughs> buy some inventory. Yeah. There was part of that in the, uh, cause I ended up doing multiple businesses for a while, which I don't know if I recommend that, but <laughs> so yeah, I, I was doing that part-time and uh-huh. then I was also drop shipping on eBay, um, okay. which basically is you throw up as many listings on eBay as your account can handle. Uh-huh. And you just buying stuff from Walmart, from Amazon, from Target, yeah. Whatever source you can find, Home Depot was popular. Uh-huh. And eBay shut that shut a lot of it down pretty hard. They found uh-huh. out they found all the all the people who were <laughs> using significant what they called API or whatever uh-huh. in their account. So they knew it was just fully automated and and just uh-huh. because of there were so many poor buyer experiences with that cuz sure. there's a lot lots of times where items are out of stock. Right. Yeah, if you have like a thousand listings, you can, how do you keep them and make sure that everything is even available <laughs> yeah. if you make a sale? Yeah. And some people had way more than a thousand listings. Like oh you would not. Yeah. The automation was, was insane. You'd have to though, right? Because just talking about the, that model for a second, you'd probably have to have a ton of listings because I would imagine that the return on investment, I mean, the return on investments in infinite, right? Cause you're, you're not putting out any money, but your, yeah. the profit, would be very small per item. So you'd have to sell a bunch. Is that right? To make it worth it? Yeah. Or is there? Yeah. I, I mean, there, there are some tricks to like, I would not necessarily put the brand name of a certain item in that. So you want to make your title so that if someone's looking for an item, they only mm-hmm. find you. Okay. So if they're uh, looking for a specific brand, yeah. you know that they're not going to buy yours because you're charging too much for it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I see. There, there, there are all these like tricky ways. Actually, there were a lot of international buyers at a certain time because uh-huh. eBay was the only way. Like Walmart won't ship to Australia, but oh, eBay will. Brilliant through their through their GPS. So like the buyers, and there was one item that one Christmas, uh-huh. uh, it was a it was a Thomas the Tank Engine set, uh-huh. and I sold. I must have sold fifty in a month, and like thirty oh, of them went to Australia. <laughs> That's awesome. Do you think I know this? I know this episode's not about this business model. We could probably you know, have a whole course about it if people are interested. Not that I would suggest this model anyway, but do you think that that opportunities? To, I mean, I think there's opportunities everywhere. If you had to like completely start over and that, and I said, okay, Adam, your job is to go back to that business model of drop shipping on eBay, finding international buyers for items that they can't get. Do you think you could still do pretty well with that? If that, like, you just focus all your energy on that, focus on international. That'd be interesting. I like. I didn't know any way to like advertise it in Australia. Yeah. They just mm. they found me. Okay. So eBay, they have shut down most retail dropshippers, but they're still yeah. fine with wholesale dropshipping. So yeah. I think there's opportunity there. I've, yeah. I've kind of looked into that a little bit. Okay. So that's that's kind of on my back burner. But yeah, it was it was while I was in some like face eBay like Facebook groups that people were talking about Amazon, and some of them were talking about dropshipping to Amazon. I've never done that because I know Amazon's much more serious than eBay about shutting mm-hmm. down mm-hmm. people that that do it. But it was in one of those groups where I, I, someone mentioned the uh, Proven Amazon course. Okay. Pack. So that was early, like 2016, I okay. want to say, that I got the pack. Uh-huh. And I started with like thrifting. So going to Goodwill and Salvation Army and buying 
mostly books, but games and, you know, uh, videos. And then also, you know, hitting clearance uh, racks at Walmart and Kohl's and everything like that. And, uh, you know, that was my model in the beginning. Actually, the first large purchase I made, I, I found this guy on Craigslist. I was just looking for people like, you know, sometimes people are selling things on Craigslist, giving away books. And this guy had, uh, he was selling 50 years of um, a pretty well-known magazine. Um, I remember you telling me that in the Legends group. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was uh, a magazine started by uh, Hugh Hefner. Uh-huh. And he was selling the whole thing for $500. And uh, I wish I'd thought to negotiate at the time because uh, I'm sure I could have gotten him down. But it was That's still, still $10. a killer deal though, wasn't it? Yeah, $10 per year. So he had from 1966 to 2015. Oh. Man. And that's not the entire, I know they started before that, but uh, mm-hmm. he had them all packed up in, okay. you know, the priority mailboxes each year fit pretty much perfectly. It's one of those boxes. And oh uh, gosh. yeah, I, I came home and I ended up sending them in uh, FBA by individual year. So, okay. okay, you know, I spent 500, but 1970 by itself might sell for 120. Wow. Some of the more recent ones didn't sell for that much, mm-hmm. only like 20 bucks or something, but yeah, that was <laughs> you easily made your money back and more. Yeah, that was that was kind of a fun way to kind of kick off my Amazon <laughs> experience. And yeah, through 2016, I mean, I pretty much stuck with a lot of long tail stuff. Okay. And then and then the clearance stuff, you know, and then Q4 comes around and and you start seeing a lot of the good deals everywhere. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I I did okay that Q4, but what's kind of happened to me a couple of times is after Q4, I kind of I'm just caught like, what happens now? Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> All these sales. And then, um, you know, because this is before the replants model. So mm-hmm. uh, you were just sorting, you were just hunting clearance items and things are on, yeah, on, yeah. on sale. Okay. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, you know, going into 2017, actually, so January 2017, my wife got uh, the job offer, which is, so we live in New York City now in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she accepted the job offer in January and we ended up moving up. She moved up in April. I I moved up in, or me and the kids moved up in August. Uh So that was a hectic year all around because we were living in the suburbs, five bedroom, you know, suburban McMansion. Uh And we got to figure out how do we shrink this down into a, you know, three bedroom Manhattan apartment. I spent a lot of just reorganizing and downsizing. And Uh meanwhile, I'm trying to do three different business models at the same time. So you were still, or during this whole time, you were still doing the gift cards and the eBay? Yeah. Oh, wow. And Amazon. Yeah. And Amazon would tend to fall into third place on those because sure. the gift cards, I kind of had it, had kind of a system. I, I, I actually had repeat customers. Like uh, uh-huh. <laughs> eBay was just easy enough to just, you know, go to Walmart, throw up 20 listings in a day and then... Yep you know, fill out whatever came in for orders. But, you know, Amazon, you got to go out because I was only doing RA, the clearance and the thrifting, right? So that's that's, um, basically just RA. And yeah, that would kind of fall behind. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, just with the move and (laughs) trying to... (laughs) So, you know, eventually we did end up in New York. We got settled. We had temp housing for a couple months and then we, we moved into where we are now. Okay. Um, October of 2017. So it's a great place. I'm about 30 seconds from Central Park from my front door. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Uh, So whenever I need to take a break from the business, I can go get a breath of fresh air and 
get away from the honking and the sirens. <laughs> and the, exactly. For the most part. Uh, you, it feels like you're, back, it still in, you're back in a peaceful area. You're back in the country of Maryland. <laughs> nice. But yeah, it's 2017 was a bit of a challenge because, mm-hmm. you know, now I, I'm looking around and I'm like, I, I can't do RA here because, mm-hmm. you know, in Maryland, you know, I had a big car, mm-hmm. you know, big, big minivan with mm-hmm. a garage and yeah. a huge basement. So I had plenty of space to get inventory and s- store it and uh, pack and ship. And now, mm-hmm. like, we don't really have any spare room in this apartment and mm-hmm. we don't have any place to park. Wow. If I drive to like, well, we don't have the car anymore. It was, the car was a lease and it, and the uh-huh. lease ended earlier this year. So we uh-huh. had a car for a couple of years, but if I got in the car, I was leaving the Island of Manhattan. I wasn't driving, you know, a mile to, to go to Staples. I, right. I'll, I'll just take the subway. Exactly. <laughs> or I'll walk. It means you're limited in what you can buy. It's what you can carry. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I didn't, how quickly when you, um, I know you were talking about this in the legendary group and it was fascinating to hear just how you had to pivot. How quickly did you make that realization? Like, Ooh, wait, what I've been doing is not going to work so well here. And do you remember, was that like a single moment or was it a, was, did it happen over a period of time? Did you actually go out and start looking for thrift stores and clearance items like you had always done and then just found out, wait, this is going to be really difficult. I did look at some thrift stores and uh-huh. I just, I just realized like, you know, if I keep with the books, like I'd, I'd done pretty well with the books, uh-huh. but I'm like, how am I going to get all these books back to my place, pack them up, you know, uh-huh. the, you know, I'm on the eighth floor and it's like the poor elevator guys having. <laughs> oh my gosh. Did you actually do that a few times? Just have a huge load of RA inventory and then have to figure out how to get it up to your apartment. I eventually did do some RA uh-huh. in 2018. I think, okay. yeah, the, Soon after I moved here, I kind of mm-hmm. gave up on the thrifting and I really kind of focused more on the eBay stuff okay. again. Okay. The the gift cards, I, I stopped doing that when I got to New York. Okay. So yeah, for a lot of 2017, I was I was just doing the eBay. Uh-huh. So I have to remember when I went to the conferences. So I went to the I went to the CES uh-huh. or in 2016. Uh-huh. So that was the one in Nashville. Yep. And I had I had a blast. I had a great time. And I loved the the content and the you know talking to people, but I I looked back on that as a missed opportunity because mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't make any lasting connections. I mean, I did exchange business cards with people here and there, but mm-hmm. when I got back to Maryland, I didn't. There wasn't anyone that I could like call and be like, "Let's talk about business." Yeah, it was you know I'd I'd go in the group, the My Silent Team group, and you know that was always great to to hang out in there and and see people's stories and their questions mm-hmm. and whatnot. But uh, yeah, I knew when I went back, I, that needed to change. And uh, yeah, 2017 was crazy. So I didn't go to CES that year. That was <laughs> that was the year that we moved. Right. And then, and then yeah, 2018, I went back. That was um, Indianapolis. Yeah. And I made two um, amazing connections that year, Jason Golden and Lori Geishaker. And uh-huh. I still have... So from the moment that conference ended till like this morning, mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a one hour phone call with each of them individually. So Jason is Tuesday. So I, yeah, I talked to him this morning. Wow. I'll talk to Lori on Thursday and mm-hmm. we've done that. Yeah. For two years now. That's incredible. Um, yeah. Talk about that for a second. So was that, um, are you more of an introvert or an extrovert? Would you say? 
I'm definitely introverted. I mean, I, okay. I think when I talk about this business, I get excited. Yeah. Yeah. So I think people hearing me on the podcast might not think I'm an introvert, but it's different when I'm talking about this. But sure. in, in general, in social situations, yeah. I'd say. So how did you talk us through that moment? And I know you want to talk about your interaction with Jim. We we'll definitely want to get to that because it's, that's powerful. But that at the conference, like how, you know, being, because there's a lot of people that listen to this that like, you know, they've never been to a conference or that scares them to think about it. They know that getting, having a community like that or people they can bounce ideas off of is super valuable. But if they're introverted, how do they do that? How did you end up meeting those two? And how did that end up turning into what it is now where you talk to them each every single week? Yeah, well, so Jason, Jason and I were both in um, Jeff Clark's group, the Sorcerers okay. uh-huh. group. And I guess at some point we realized we were very similar, like not just for selling on Amazon, but just similar, like politically, same sense of humor. So we kind of friended each other outside the group. And then um, I think he reached out to me and and said, you know, are you going to the conference? Let's try to meet up. And I've actually had that. I think I've had a couple of people like reach out to me, like, you know, do you want to meet up at the conference kind of thing? Awesome. Yeah. And um, yeah. So Jeff actually for his group, he hosts a dinner, like, one of the nights of the conference. That's right. And okay. so, yeah, I mean, I met Jason and his wife, Megan, um, that first night and we just, we were like talking for like three hours. I don't know. Wow, and you <laughs> like, knew there was a connection there. Yeah. Yeah. And then Lori, we, uh, we were in the lunch line together. The, um, that was the, uh, that was the free lunch conference. Yes. Right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. We just started chatting and that's, that's pretty normal to just, um, yeah, of course lines waiting to get in. I, you know, it's, it's so easy to get caught up in your own head when you're introverted and be like, mm-hmm. they don't want to talk to me. But like, I've yeah. never gone up to someone at a CES conference and have them be like, I don't want to talk to you. Get away. Like, I don't like, 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 like there's, there's never like a negative reaction. If anything, you're going to talk to another introvert who's just surprised that you're talking to them. But right. That, and they're, they're thrilled still happy you, about it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. So it's, yeah. it's, you just got to like, kind of get out of your own head and like just yep. just yep. bite the bullet and kind of go for it. Yeah, that's great advice. Uh, before we get to the story about Jim, talk about your business now. So you've had to pivot. Obviously, it's not so much RA. So what does it look like for you there in the midst of New York City? You got stores all over, but yeah, you probably <laughs> kind of hard to take a shopping cart and driving it up, you know, Broadway and <laughs> going. <laughs> it's just... Well, I'm in Times Square and I got my shopping cart here. Where am I going to go? <laughs> yeah. Actually, the funny thing is after 2018 uh, CES, I, I did come home and decided I'd give RA a shot. And okay. I think it it just had to do with the fact that I feel like uh, someone at the conference had just pointed out that like there's money to be made in doing things that other people aren't willing to do. True. Mm. And that, that can be, that can be so many, like I got approved yeah. in hazmat. So like, yeah. People aren't getting approved in hazmat. So the things that are that you can sell hazmat are sell for more or sell at a higher ROI. So I was just like, so I, I pretty much went strictly Trader Joe's. It helped that a new one opened <laughs> during yeah. 2018. And the Trader Joe's resell on Amazon is great. Um, yeah. I think it's, it's still great. They, I think they're a little more leery of resellers because yeah. some articles have come out sure. and the, and the the CEOs kind of against their products being resold. Like they don't even have an online presence themselves and they mm-hmm. deliberately choose that. So, mm-hmm. you know, if anyone's looking at that as a source, keep that in mind. Sure. Um, but yeah, f- for several months I was, I was buying Trader Joe's and reselling it. And 
uh, prepping it in my apartment. Oh my gosh. And uh, I eventually realized that not only do I not like prepping (laughs) (laughs) and I feel like I'm, you know, not efficient at like, cause I'm prepping in like our living room. Right. So I can't like set up a prep station. Like, you know, some people have in their storage (laughs) space or in their garage, like actual, like, yeah, I can't do that here. I have to set up and break it down every time. So yeah, I, not only do I not like it, but my wife's not thrilled with boxes. Yeah. She comes home after work and the house is all cluttered with all your stuff. It was one thing when it was hidden away in the garage or in the storage right. space in the basement, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we can't do that here. So and you're you probably could get a warehouse there in New York City, but it would cost quite a bit, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I've actually thought about that like uh-huh. in, as a long term option, mm-hmm. especially. I, I mean, this year has been crazy. Lots of people are leaving New York, so prices are actually coming down. Okay. So that might I, <laughs> I know you're kidding, but. Uh, that might actually be a long-term possibility, but yeah, for right now, I did RA for a while, but I was mm-hmm. moving more and more towards OA okay. with a prep center. Nice. Okay. And yeah, it was early 2019. I think mm-hmm. that I was starting to pivot more into the OA, you know, using a prep center. But even that, I was well. So I'm trying to remember when the replens course first came out. Uh, maybe not even 20, early 2019, I believe. Yeah, I think bef- so. So, and before that, like Danny had kind of the reverse sourcing, which Correct. was sort of the predecessor. So, yes. but I, I kind of struggled to pick up the replans model. I think I did mention this before, but you know, it's, it's the question of, you know, are there times where no knowledge is better than some knowledge? Mm. And I think in certain cases, it, the answer is yes, because mm-hmm. if you're too either overconfident or too focused on the knowledge you have, mm-hmm. you're maybe not able to pick up on the new knowledge. So, mm. you know, I saw people start replens as their first, you know, as their introduction, like they sign up for pack and replens is the first thing they do yeah. and boom, they're off and running. And I'm like, you know, I keep saying I don't get it, but it's because I keep falling back to what I learned initially, sure. which is not the replens model and it's right. a different model. And, you know, yeah, yeah I kind of, struggled with that through 2019 a bit mm-hmm. and uh actually let's see yeah 2018 was when i joined the q4 groups okay mm-hmm. and 2019 was when i joined legends yeah okay. so that's yeah so I, I did get like the the stuff from danny stock mm-hmm. and then um in legends and then the replens course from uh jimmy after that but yeah i was still kind of spinning my wheels a bit and then um yeah i went back to See, well, I guess it was the Proven Conference in 2019, mm-hmm. and that's where that's where we expanded. So, you know, like I said, I had Jason and Lori as as two people I had calls with. Mm-hmm. We went in there kind of with a plan. Actually, Lori couldn't make it; she had she had broken her foot the, like the day before. Oh gosh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> and then, uh, but uh, Jason was there, and we found we found some people to add to our group, and we um, started a mastermind oh, coming wow. out of the Proven Conference. My gosh, has your um, business just as is that when it's uh, as a result of that mastermind group? Can you tell a difference in your business? I mean, yeah, it's been it's been great to just share ideas. And mm-hmm. in the beginning, we were we were because it. I think we're just over a year now. It must be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we had done only once a month. Okay. Because it was Q4 2019, and once Q1 started, we're like, let's pick it up a bit. So we did every other week. And then COVID hit and everyone's like, we're just home anyway. So let's just do it every week. And so we've been doing it every week 
for most most of the year since since March. Uh, we missed mm-hmm. a handful, but yeah, it's been it's been great. We went through a round of hot seats right before Q4. Mm-hmm. So yeah, August and September, like each person, you know, got up and kind of told their story, gave us their goals because. You know, we're, we're all in different places and we're all mm-hmm. doing slightly different things. Like, you know, one of the guys in the group, John, has a prep center. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's he's trying to grow that out. And, yeah. you know, I'm yeah. so I send all my stuff to him. He's awesome. He's the one prepping and shipping all of my products. And that, you know, I am so much happier to pay him to deal with. Totally. <laughs> yeah, you don't have the room for it. Any, what does your business look like? We don't have to talk uh, like profit numbers or anything. You talk, I mean, feel free to share whatever you want to share, but you know, it's just fascinating that you do that all from your apartment. You, you literally could be anywhere in the world and do what you do. And that's the power of this business model. What's your business look like right now? So one thing I'm trying to do is expand to, to more platforms. I went to an online conference it was actually sponsored by Deliver, Deliverer. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they, they try to be kind of the FBA version for like all the other yes. platforms. Uh-huh. And they had people from Walmart. They had people from Google Shopping. They had people mm-hmm. from Wish.com. Yeah, I've got stuff at Deliver um, Fulfillment Centers awesome. that fulfill to Walmart, to eBay, to Google Shopping, oh, to that's Wish. incredible. Yeah, so what was the, that was four platforms. I, I mean, I sell a little bit on Mercari. Mm-hmm. I sell on Facebook Marketplace, mm-hmm. and then I also sell Amazon Canada. Okay, like I ship stuff up there. I know, I know they just open remote fulfillment, so you can mm-hmm. have your FBA stuff in the U.S. shipped there. But I, mm-hmm. I still ship it straight there, and um, I'm working on the Walmart Canada application. Okay, so yeah, I've I've looked at really kind of expanding what platforms I use. I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm just based on um, like this virtual conference and deliver does like webinars and stuff. Uh-huh. And they're trying to, obviously they're trying to bump up their own business, but they, they get people from the other platforms and, mm-hmm. and you notice that there are certain preferences on different platforms. Okay. You know, so like wish.com, which for the record is the number one downloaded shopping app worldwide, three years running. Wow. Wish.com is, I want to say it's like used by, it was a ridiculous number. It was like 60% is, is female millennials or something okay. of the users of wish.com. And that's obviously going to impact what you should sell on wish. Yeah. <laughs> if it's, if it's all, you know, women in their twenties and thirties and mm-hmm. I, I forget exactly where millennials begin and end, but right. um, yeah. So I think as e-commerce grows, mm-hmm. we're going to kind of divide up into you know, what stores you like, you know, mm-hmm. in the retail world, some people prefer Target to Walmart and vice versa. Sure. Sure. And you're going to start to get that people prefer Amazon to eBay or vice versa. Yeah. And, and there's going to be reasons to sell certain products on one platform versus mm-hmm. another. And you can list them on any platform, right? which is the nice thing there. There's yeah. definitely software to do that. But mm-hmm. ultimately, I think that's where we're headed is, is there's going to be a division and you know, the kids are going to be using one platform for their things and the mm-hmm. uh, baby boomers or who, who are still getting used to the technology are going to find it somewhere else. And That's true. <laughs> That's true. Are you selling a significant amount on other platforms like Wish? I wouldn't say a significant amount. I mean, uh-huh. it's, you know, Amazon, I'll get like, you know, payouts in the thousands of dollars and mm-hmm. everything else. Uh, eBay, eBay's probably up there too, but uh-huh. uh, everything else is like hundreds of dollars. But hey, that's 
that's that's awesome. I mean, people are listening to this like that's not significant. That I I think that's very significant to say, you know, hundreds of dollars on a platform that all you got to do is you send it in to <laughs> deliver, and that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I, so I mean, I, I admit, like when I like open my bank account, and I'm like, why did I get three hundred dollars today? Oh, okay, <laughs> right. No, that and, is awesome. Uh, yeah, I know your podcast is streams of income. So that's, you know, the different platforms. It's like, yeah. I don't know, what is that, seven or eight? <laughs> yeah, I have a feeling just by, you know, hearing you talk and I've had a, I have a, by doing this for so long, Adam, I kind of get an idea of what I, I already hear that even while we're recording this, I hear the audience listening to this thinking, I want to know more about that. So I have a feeling we're going to have to go deeper onto that, those strategies. So let's talk offline about those other platforms and how Deliverer works. I know we talk about some of that in the Legends group, but I have a feeling there's going to be people that want to know more about that strategy because we talk a lot about Amazon and Amazon's awesome, but it also has its challenges, its frustrations. And you're right. I love talking about multiple streams of income and you can have the same items listed across multiple platforms. Like you said, wish that you might want to have certain items that are you know, kind of focused on that platform, but it's probably not a whole lot of extra work for you to have your items on there and uh, you kind of already are doing it already. It's already listed somewhere else. Might as well list it here as well. So I, I have a feeling we're going to go talk more about that and see if there's a way to serve the, our audience with some of that knowledge. Cause a lot of people are going to want to know how you're doing that. So. And I mean, one thing to keep in mind is I, I think across the board, I think Amazon takes out the most in fees. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. True. I can't, every other platform, is either equal in terms of the the fifteen percent seller fee mm-hmm. or or less. So you mm. tend to make more money if you're selling on another platform. But the reason you do sell on Amazon is because they get the most eyes. So you're yeah. more likely to sell it on Amazon. For sure. Um, so yeah. it's a trade off. Yeah, um, it's like uh, somebody said. Um, I think Jim says this. Would you rather make five dollars, fifty dollars, or one dollar? Well, you'd like to make all of it. Like yes to all of them. <laughs> and if it doesn't. If you can, you already have, you're already selling these things anyway, and you can put them, you might as well, even though wish.com may be, you know, a very, a fraction of the number of people that are seeing it. Well, if it doesn't really cost anything else or doesn't, it's not a whole lot more work for you to get it in front of those eyeballs, why wouldn't you? So that's awesome. I love, I love that strategy. So, um, 2018, that's Indianapolis, right? That was the CES conference in Indianapolis. Now we call it Proven Conference. And uh, you met Jim. I love this story. Do you want to talk about that and share that And as we wrap yeah, this up? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, um, like I said, 2016, I felt like was was a bit of a missed opportunity. And not just that I didn't make any personal connections with with other sellers, but you know, there were, there were different times over the course of the conference that I was you know, I should go up to Jim and meet him and just shake his hand, introduce myself, you know, and I always made some excuse in my head why, you know, oh, he's signing books. Oh, he's talking right. to his oh, he's And I left and, you know, I didn't, didn't get the chance. Well, I didn't take the chance to meet him. So 2018, in addition to making connections like I did with Jason and Lori, I was like, I need to meet Jim. <laughs> And, you know, that voice in the back of my head is like, go up to Jim, go up to Jim. And I like still like the introvert in me was kind of winning out and like sure. day one, didn't do it. Day two, didn't do it. And then day three, it's like late afternoon. There was kind of a, an extended break. I think one of the things went short uh-huh. and um, 
everyone is outside the ballroom, like mingling, or they're in like one of the other rooms, like, and it was, it was great. Cause like you could see everyone was networking. That's like what you were supposed to do during break is like talk yeah. to other yeah. people and find commonalities. And, and you I realized what you were that. supposed to be doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was out there talking with other people, but I was like, Oh, I gotta, I, I was like, I, I had forgotten some of my stuff in the ballroom. So I go uh-huh. in the ball, this huge, what was it, 800 person it ballroom. It was a I, big ballroom. Yeah. And I go to get my stuff and I look around and there's maybe 10 people in this ballroom. Uh-huh. Just people sitting. And then Jim was one of them. Mm-hmm. And he's just standing in front of his table of books, mm-hmm. um, you know, where he would sign, you know, Silent Sales Machine or, or any of his books, standing there by himself. <laughs> I'm just like, this is nuts. Like right? Jim, like like the guy on the <laughs> on the poster, like the right. guy. And he's just alone. So I was like, well. I have literally no excuse now. <laughs> so, <Right. laughs> so I walk up to him and I, you know, I introduce myself uh-huh. and I just kind of came up with this excuse to go see. It. So my wife, I don't think I mentioned was she's in cybersecurity. Mm-hmm. So she's actually head of cybersecurity at an investment bank here, which um, is why we live in New York now. Mm-hmm. Um, she used to work for the government for all those years. So I came up to him and I was discussing how my wife works in cybersecurity and, mm-hmm. you know, would you be interested in having someone, you know, we're doing all our businesses online. Yeah. It might be worthwhile to give some tips on how to stay safe and that. So I was, I was just broaching that subject with him and he took my card, he took her card uh-huh. and he was like, Oh, that's very interesting. We'll have to think about it. Cause you know, he doesn't say yes on the spot to anything. And um, we kind of shook hands and he's like, you know, he's kind of looking like anything else. And I was like, I don't know where this came from. <laughs> but <laughs> I know the exact moment when I knew how much you meant, when I knew how much you meant to me, something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he kind of like, you know, his eyes kind of popped open a little bit and he's like, like what's this going to be about? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, I guess, I guess I have to sell the story now. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> so I told him how the previous year, so that would have been, you know, 2017, where everything was just super hectic. Yeah. Um, and I was having some struggles that morning. And to be honest, I don't even remember exactly what those were. Mm-hmm. And I was just annoyed. And I was, yeah, I was frustrated because I knew things were going to have to change moving to New York in terms of the business model. Mm-hmm. And I got on my computer and I went to the My Silent Team Facebook group because, you know, it usually cheers me up to see mm-hmm. people succeeding and, and just see what they have to say. And Jim had actually just uploaded a video. And I'm like, oh, great. I open the video and it's, it's Jim in his house the day after his house had gotten struck by lightning. Yeah. And so for those listening who don't know, his, his house had gotten struck by lightning. The, the roof got hit and started a fire. You know, he, his wife and his kids all got out fine. No one was injured, but the house was pretty devastated. I mean, once the fire got going and then the the water damage to to put out the fire, um, as far as I know, it was was a total loss. So he's in in his house and he's kind of explained because, you know, there were kind of rumors going around and he just kind of wanted to say like, look, here's what happened. Mm -hmm. Everyone's, everyone's safe. Everyone's, you know, out of the house. Mm-hmm. But he's walking, you know, you can see the sun shining through the hole in the roof. Yeah, I, mean, I remember so, that was, video. Oh my God. It was so surreal. And he's like more yeah. somber than, I mean, he's, he's always like a happy, friendly, <laughs> like, I remember he walked into his office. His office was like completely destroyed where he does this podcast. And mm-hmm. the thing that like hit me was he goes, 
despite all of this, you know, he's like me and my family, we, we obviously have our challenges ahead and, and we're going to have to deal with those. And personally, I'm going to have to pull back from my business a little bit, but my business is not going to stop because of this. He's like, my business is going to grow. I put a team in place mm-hmm. um, of people that I trust and, and we are going to go forward and the business is, you know, going to get bigger. I'm going to take the time off that I need to kind of put everything back together. And yeah. I was just like floored by that because <laughs> I'm like, you know, kind of complaining in my own head, like, oh, I can't deal with this. I can't deal with that. <laughs> and he's just like, had like major life changing experience. And he's just like, doesn't matter, full speed ahead. Yeah. It just blew me away. And I was like, in that instant, I was just like, I want to help Jim. Mm. Sitting in my New York apartment. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, how, you know, what even makes sense? Like, yeah. I could send him money. Tim has way more money than I could. <laughs> like, you know, I could go to, in, you know, Indianapolis. He's never met me. He's going to be like, what do I do with this random New Yorker? <laughs> like, like my, my solutions were not good. So I realized when I kind of flipped the question around, when I said, yeah. you know, instead of saying, how can I help? I said, what does Jim need? Mm-hmm. And that's when it like, it hit me immediately. So yeah, standing there at, at the conference, I said, you know, Jim, I know, I know how important being a Christian is to you. I know how important your faith is. Mm-hmm. And I have to be honest with you, I'm, I'm not a believer. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, that's okay. We don't mm-hmm. have to have the same worldview to, to be friends. And yeah. I, was, I was actually nervous telling him that, but I also felt strongly that that's how he would respond. Like I've yeah. always gotten that impression from him. He's not, he's not someone who's going to be turned off by someone who's open about their... Yeah their own worldview. And he obviously uh, proved me right. And I said to him, you know, I, I was raised that way, but it's just not, not part of who I am right now. Mm-hmm. But that day in my apartment, I sat down and for the first time in 25 years, I said a prayer mm-hmm. for you and Andrea and your kids. And he just, he just got real quiet. He like put my, he put his hand on my shoulder and he just needed a moment. And, he, and he's like, Adam, I can't tell you how much that prayer means to me and, and to, yeah. you know, my whole family. Yeah. And he's like, I don't know whether you believe it, but you know, God did hear your prayer that day. And, mm-hmm. you know, so it, <laughs> it was just like such a profound moment. Yeah. And, you know, speaking again to, you know, if you're an introvert, like I was clearly an introvert, but think about what I would have lost out on. Yeah. And what Jim would have lost out on if we, yeah didn't have that connection. So, you know, mm-hmm. you don't just have the fear of going up to someone. You have the fear of what you could miss out on if you don't yeah. go up to yeah. that person. That's, you know, you have to keep that in mind. So maybe that will inspire people to be a little more bold to go up to. Because I like the uh, going to these conferences. There's, you know, people who are Facebook famous all over the place, right? So it's like, oh, look, there's Ryan Rieger. Oh, look, there's Jenny Hunt. Oh, there's Jim. <laughs> and if you want to meet someone that you've seen on these webinars um, or on these podcasts, I mean, if someone wants to meet me, come up to me. Um, So it was just an amazing thing. And yeah, I remember um, meeting his mother the following year. Uh And when she saw me, she's like, Oh my God, it's you. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. Because she hadn't met me at the, yeah. Cause it it was literally the end of the conference. Like he Uh got up after, after we talked and we hugged, she uh-huh. got back on stage and was like, thank you. Goodbye. Yeah. 
that that was it for the conference. But yeah, it was just an amazing moment. And yeah, the first, as soon as I saw him in 2019, yeah, last year, yeah, we just hugged immediately. And it was just like mm-hmm. old friends, you know, we um, email back and forth occasionally, but yeah, yeah, just. Well, I just know Jim and I know, I know him well, and I know that uh, it, it means as much to him as I can tell it means to you that moment. And it was, that's all we all could do, Adam, is just pray for him at that time. Like, yeah, what, it's not like, say, okay, I'm going to build you a new house or, you know, <laughs> we all, everybody in the community just, uh, that was the best we could do at the time. And, but that's, uh, that's what he needed. And it, that's what got them through that time. I know that. And so thank you for doing that. Thank you for stepping out of your comfort zone to tell him that because it meant the world to him and it still does. So <laughs> he actually, I think last year he was like, he said, you know, my family and I pray for you. I hope that's okay. Because I guess <laughs> I, I think there are some atheists who are so like, <laughs> and that they'd be like, no, don't pray. But I'm don't like, pray, right. I'm like, first of all, I'm not convinced there's no God. I, you know, that's not what I'm saying. I mean, there could sure. be. So like, if anyone listening wants to take time out of their day and think about me and ask yeah. the most powerful person to <laughs> think about me. Yeah. Go right ahead. I'm okay I- with that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's awesome. And that was like, you think about like, what's the worst that could have happened at that moment when you went up to him, you could have said, you know what, sir, I'm busy right now. Can you come back later? Or, I mean, I guess he could have been a jerk, but you, we know that's not what he would have done anyway. But wor- the worst yeah, case scenario would have just been, he's busy. Hey, I'm getting ready to get on a call, I'll chat with you later. There's really, you know, what's the worst. And so you, you push through that, uh, that, you know, the, your what normally might've been the limit of holding you back and you, now you have this awesome story to share and you bless Jim. So thank you for doing that. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> well, Adam, thank you for being so open. I know that story touched Jim and I know it just uh, touches you know, people listening to this. So guys, I guess the moral of this is, um, I mean, lots of business lessons out of this whole episode here of, you know, sometimes you're just going to have to pivot. When I, the people who I, uh, my most successful students, our most successful students in this community are people that have, um, they've been resilient or they know how to be those, these little things. Yes, it can upset you or uh, yes, it can be challenging to have to completely change your whole business model or to do something different or to, but if you're an entrepreneur, you're going to figure it out. So stay in this group and and just keep learning. Um, That's what we're here for to help you out. Also just, you know, get out there and meet people. I can tell your business is a, nowhere near what it would have been had you, if you just like doing this all, all alone in your apartment. Yeah. I imagine you can be successful, but having these people that, that you talk to every week in your mastermind group, I know that that's made a huge difference in your business. Yeah, so it definitely has. find people that you can get around at least and be involved in this community, but even better is get a group of people that you trust and meet with them. And even if, if that's a mastermind group, that's great. Or if you have two people, one person that you just, you get on a call with and have some accountability and be like, Hey, Adam, uh, you know, this week, my goal is to do this. And then I know that when my call comes around with you that next week, if I haven't done that, I don't want to look stupid. So I'm going to do it real quick and see, I did it, you know? So it's, uh, that's huge. And so I know that, uh, that'll be a blessing to others. So Adam, any final, any words of wisdom, any advice for somebody just getting started or not far, not as far along as you in this? I had a um, an interesting thought this past week, and I'm trying yeah. to still like get the exact details in my head. But uh-huh. um, I know I know I've mentioned in the past that I've got shiny object syndrome. Don't um, we all though sometimes? Uh, yeah, yeah. 
because you know i've i've done stuff with merch i've done stuff with kdp and it's kind of mm-hmm. just sitting there kind of half done and yeah you know especially with the replays model like like i'm assuming most of the people are starting with that and then you sort of branch out from there and i think once you've kind of got the replays model somewhat nailed down mm-hmm. the way i'm thinking of this because i mentioned this before is like once i got a little more systematic in my work where in the mornings I do the replans and then in the afternoons I'd be like, okay, let me try something else. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of myself like like a, a big corporation like Amazon or Google and they all have the budgets for R and D, right? They have yeah. research and development. I'm like, yeah. I can have a research and development budget and it'll be to try different things. Sure. You know, so so say you get, you know, say whatever your payout is for the month is, you know, you know, five thousand dollars. Like, say mm-hmm. that's where you're at. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, take ten percent of that. Take five hundred, mm-hmm. and put that towards however you want to do it. Put that towards your shiny object for the month. So, <laughs> so for instance, I found um, this. I have an agreement with this wholesaler, and every item that I look up on Amazon is only merchant fulfilled, and it's mm-hmm. it's um, I don't know. The sales ranks are like six, seven hundred thousand. It's like, but it does sell like one or two times a month. And, but the ROI is like insane. It's like you buy it for 20 and sell it for 80. So I'm like, okay, if I make that FBA and I sell it for 60 or 70, Mm -hmm. like would it sell 10 times a month? Mm -hmm. Maybe. So take $500, throw it at, you know, 10 products uh, and see what you get. Yeah. And that could be a huge win or you lost 10% of your well, but I would say I would argue then that even in like your in that model. Sorry, Callan's walking into my podcast here. Hey. <laughs> we will edit that part out. Maybe Jim, they might not edit that out though. They love that. Um, I would even say that um, if you're checking keep on that item, that it's not that's not so much of a a gamble. It's not like you know you you can see history. So that's not even that risky in my opinion because you, they're going to sell at some point. I love that. I or even take a portion of your time. If your business is kind of, uh, you got it to a point to where it's running for you and you have some extra time and you want to expand this into something else, some other interest, you want to write a book, create a course, do something that's different than what is what you, you know, what's bringing you money already. I, I think that's nothing wrong with that. I think the problem comes in if you've got five things going on and none of them are suit are really successful for you. And you're, right. Uh, that's where the shiny object syndrome I've seen in in even my personal life is if you have, if none of, none of them are producing um, what you need them to produce, if you're just bouncing around from idea to idea and you're not giving any of them traction, then that's where it can be a problem. But if you're in a position like you are, where your business is working, you finished what you need to do for that day to keep your business running, you got some extra time. Yeah, why not? Fine. Let's uh, let's do something else with this this time that I have, or take a portion of your income. So yeah, I think that's cool because you, if you don't do that, you might not ever find out you know another stream of income that you could, and that could end up being automatic too. And then now, okay, now I got some extra time even now, and let's what else can I do with that? Yeah, because sometimes going outside the box is where you get your best results, which yeah. means you have to go outside of of what we're being taught here. Like you get you know, the, the things that were being taught, we get great results, but if you mm-hmm. want to exceed those results, you kind of have to carve your own path, and you, you yeah. can't be afraid to do that. There's two kinds of failures. There's active failure and passive failure mm-hmm. and passive failure is, is you're not trying active failure mm-hmm. is you tried something. It didn't work and you learned something. 
Right. So you have a lot of active failures. You're going to eventually get a lot of successes. Yeah. And it's not like you said, you're going to take all of your five grand payout as an example and and put it on this and like, Oh, let's hope that this works. Otherwise we're not eating this month. You're not (laughs) doing that. It's you're, you're testing a very small amount. So I, yeah, nothing wrong with that. Especially since you already have something going on that's working well for you. You're not bouncing back and forth from one idea to the next and nothing's happening. So that's good stuff. Yeah. I love what you said earlier. There's also that if you're, you've got to be, there's money to be made in the methods and the things that other people aren't willing to do. And there are riches that we say, riches in the niches. So <laughs> good stuff, man. Adam, thank you so much for being on with me. Very much appreciate it. It's a uh, fun hearing your story and uh, congrats on your success. Thank you so much for having me, Ryan. Of course. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit SilentJim.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.